Hey, look at you. Florist by day, student by night. Student by day, nurse by night. Since 1998, Penn State World Campus has led the charge in online education, offering access to more than 175 in-demand programs taught by our expert faculty. We offer flexible schedules, scholarships, and tuition plans to help you reach your educational goals online. Penn State World Campus delivers on your time. Click the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. That's worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Warning. Today's episode involves demons. Even just listening to this episode may involve you getting... Demons. Because (laughs) demons apparently are a contagious disease. (laughs) And you need to be very careful when listening to things about demons. Demons. (laughs) Because if you are not too careful and if you don't have your rosary close by and or inside of you, (laughs) a demon might follow you home after listening to this broadcast. Take that rosary out. Have a good time. Welcome to Last Podcast on the Left, everyone. Ben hanging out with Henry and Marcus. Ooh, today's episode, just in time for the spooky season of Halloween. Demons. <laughs> We're talking demons. Specifically, we are talking about what took place in a wonderful land, only the most pure land of Gary, Indiana. Oh, yeah. We're discussing the demon house of Gary. Indiana. I just don't understand because every demonologist is so incredibly scared of the thing that they are supposed to be highly trained against defending themselves. That's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to know demons better than anybody else. And they're all like, demons? It's a bad business to be in. And it's like, you're the only, you are doing it. No yeah. one's asked you. There's no legacy. This You didn't go to the Harvard of demon school. It's like if the cat daddy was afraid of cats. Well, we just don't know if he is or not. So let's get into it. (laughs) The Demon House of Gary, Indiana. Now, when it comes to stories of legitimate hauntings, there's certainly been a dearth of credible accounts in recent years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one might think that cell phone videos and photos should have given us more proof of the paranormal. Hmm. Proof is still in short supply. Partly, I think, because of my pet electricity theory. Well, he has a pet, he has a theory, a pet theory about electricity. It's not saying that pets are filled with electricity. (laughs) Absolutely not. Well, they are because they're alive, hopefully. Mm. Yes. But anyway, we therefore mostly have to depend on stories just as we always have. And when it comes to stories of possession and hauntings in recent years, the best tale by far comes from the troubled industrial city of Gary, Indiana. 
Mm. There has been obviously a number of modern hauntings that we will be covering over the next year or so, but this story really took the imagination of America by storm. It be- did. Because mm. uh, this is one of those stories that has like what you would call like high level authoritative discussion of it, right? Like the idea of cops came and saw the demon and cops were like, I don't go in that house. Don't go in that <laughs> um, house. Which is also not good. You're police officers. You should enter a home in Gary, Indiana. There's going to be violence in there. Well, with a warrant. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, no, anytime, anytime, free, free martial law. It's kind of one of the problems, um, I think. But also like stuff like there was a child protective services officer who saw some shit. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of people that were involved, which gave, gives this story an air of legitimacy that mm-hmm. uh, really does. It creeps people out. Well, to push back a little bit on your electricity theory, Marcus, uh-huh. I don't think Gary has electricity. So <laughs> I am not exactly sure if that would play a factor again in the demon house of Gary, Indiana. I'm just talking about in general because okay. I do believe that the reason why we have not had as many ghost sightings in the last 100 to 150 years is because of electricity in the air. The more electricity there is, the more the ghosts get zapped and get all fucked up. I'm being super <laughs> clinical here. Yeah. I'm super <laughs> clinical. It's very yeah, exact. Get, yeah, the ghosts get zapped and they get all fucked up, bro. You, I guess what, Marcus? You're a demonologist now. Yeah. Because it is the yeah. world of the fan fiction of paranormal. <laughs> yeah, right. and we're carrying around these big electronic batteries everywhere we go. Less ghosts. That's all I'm saying. I just believe that the phenomenon changes shape according to what we believe is the current, like what we kind of achieve is like a, a godlike hierarchy. And now we view science as the full replacements of God, which is why we see aliens in sci-fi scenarios versus ghosts. Mm. Damn. Sounds like you guys are all Neil on grass, Tyson. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck this sounds shit. pretty stoned to me. You got a demon inside of you? <laughs> oh, God dang it. Well, starting in November of 2011, a woman named Latoya Amons claimed that she, her mother, and her three children were terrorized by a malevolent force that inhabited the one-story rental home they shared at 3860 Carolina Street. Mm. Famously, their tale was told in an extremely sensationalized documentary by Ghost Adventures host Zach Bagans entitled Demon House. But if we're being honest here, the doc is far more about Zach Bagans than it is about the haunting itself. I'm going to defend Zach a little bit. My little brother, he truly believes in this stuff. And he told me that what Zach does is one of the most dangerous things a person can do. Truly confronting the devil. Also, you say sensationalized. It's the shoes. Doesn't doesn't accoutrements, don't they help? This is what I'm saying. Zach Bagans at least was the OG ghost. He's doing it. So he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed his black cargo pants. Nope. His one singular black undershirt that he wears everywhere he goes. Black cap. Because again, it allows him to be like, look, I'm a shadow. Exactly. He is the Guy Fieri of ghost hunting. Yes. I would say he's more like the Nickelback of ghost hunters, but that's just me. Buddy, whoa. Whoa. Hey, Nickelback. Guy Fieri. Okay, I'll say. And okay, not okay. The Pearl Jam. Of, okay, okay. I'll, I'll say he's. Okay. I'll say he's the Pearl Jam because it begat Nickelback. It begat Puddle of Mud. It begat. Stain, it begat is, all of these horrible fucking bands. So, once he goes through the begats of yes. crunch, then we know <laughs> the episode is, is grinding to a halt. The Marcus Bible. I'm just going to go ahead and say I'm not a big fan of the Ghost Bro School of the Paranormal. Okay, okay. I believe it pulls the movement back. <laughs> it's so funny because Marcus, because I watch all this shit 24-7. I watch this stuff to go to sleep. And so I'm so used to it. And Marcus never watches it. So he was like, and, like, I sent him all this stuff. And he was like, 
Ghost Adventures. And I was like, yes, yes, yeah, watch him. It is Adventures with Ghosts. And then as he was watching, he's just like, these men just yell at these ghosts. And Come at like, me, ghosts! That's their whole thing. Come it's at the me, ghosts! Well, like, exactly. What are they he vibes. doing? He vibes <laughs> with them. It's just a bunch of rock star energy drinks on on screen, Buddy, screaming at ghosts and pacing around. And going, this show rrr, rrr. is a bunch of rock star energy drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kissel is 75% rock star energy drink. You're drinking coffee today. So. Today I am. That's true. But I drink espresso. And Henry, you drink cold brew. There is a nice balance. It's not just rock star. Can we just get back to Gary, Indiana? Something I never thought I'd say. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. As I also, well, I mean, I'll give credit where credit's due. I have no doubt whatsoever that Zach Bagans was indeed sincere with his documentary. And I think he is 100% sincere about the after effects he suffered from making said documentary. I do believe that they believe, and I believe that they saw some weird fucking shit. Yeah. Oh, that's the closest thing a father could come to accepting his son. I felt almost <laughs> wow. like my father being like, so you do this for a living. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. And you're happy. Yeah. Uh, okay. But at the end of the day, the real story is the original haunting. The one suffered by the Amons family. Uh, what we're heading into is because, yes, because Marcus doesn't really appreciate the ghost bro school of demonology and ghost hunting. He doesn't. But the thing is, is that what you're, you forget is that if we're not there and we have to be in the crystals, non-vaccinated uh, medium world but I mean, of it does, demonology. It does bring together a strange woman from Savannah and a weird Trump supporter from Arkansas. It does create community. It does. And just ask <laughs> Paul Roberts, demonologist, what it's like and what he has to go through in order to help his clientele to, to escape from demons. Yes, love. There's many ways to bring a demon into your life. <laughs> you open up a portal. This portal brings in an entity, a dimensional entity through a portal that may inhabit your home, yep. may inhabit your body, may inhabit your soul. Oh, God yeah, and then, uh, Honestly, in the UB, it gets worse than that. And I received a call from a 19-year-old woman from Arkansas. Rebecca called me and she was terrified. She sounded really, really frightened on the telephone. She said that when she falls asleep, she would have nightmares and a demon. And she described this demon <laughs> as looking somewhat hideous that would actually enter her dreams. And the demon was telling her to commit suicide. And when I was talking to her, the voice was shaking. She was frightened. She was crying. I asked her if she ever played with a Ouija board, tarot cards, and come to find out she played with a Ouija board. Huh. And I told her to take that Ouija board and throw it into the river. Oh. You can't burn a Ouija board because you'll curse yourself. And what she did was take the Ouija board and she threw it into the river. She never saw it again. She went and got baptized. She blessed her home. And no more than maybe a week later, there was a thrill in her voice. She was happy. She wasn't contemplating suicide. She wasn't having any more dreams. And she wasn't being bothered by this demon. Now, this is what is called demonologist voice. Wow. Because I wanted to he really show, saved her. I wanted to, he really did. And because the thing about demon, demon can be any form. Any form <laughs> demon takes, he could be man. Demon could be a box, a hamburger. And you don't know. You eat hamburger, you don't, you don't know. understand. You eat demon. And you, demon can be checkerboard. And all of a sudden, you, you play, you play checkerboard, and you now know that you king man, the man next to you, he demon well. 
He also demon. He's also you playing demon. So demon. you never, never not be scared. Never not be scared. Interesting. <laughs> he mentioned not to burn the Ouija board when I was in high school. We did burn our Ouija board. Nothing bad happened. No, no, Nothing. it didn't. I, you the, got clots. Favorite, I did get blood clots, but that was three yeah. years later. That was after major weight loss. <laughs> and then also I rolled down a hill for fun. And my favorite demonologist is a guy on YouTube that always had the camera right above the bridge of his nose. You only saw his <laughs> eyes and you just and you'd watch the video and he'd just go, pornography demons come out. Come out, pornography, pornography demons. Come out. come out, pornography demons, pornography demons come out. And oh it's that for six minutes. Well, that's one hell of a JOI. Mm -hmm. What's a JOI? Jerk off instruction. Jerk off instruction. <laughs> That's where they tell you. That's they how tell they you what you do. It's actually kind of nice to have somebody and they give else give you a countdown the at the end, yeah. so you kind of can time it out. Yeah, yeah but in the end, I was like, well, now, and then I was like, you know what? I just come at the top of it. Be like, all right, I'm done. Well, well this starts a countdown because now I know she's checked out. No, yeah. you gotta just go to the end there. Well, back to the house in mm. Gary, Indiana. The house itself is fairly nondescript. The sort of simple one-story home with an enclosed porch that one might see on any of the streets the more impoverished sections of Gary, Indiana, which are numerous. Mm -hmm. The structure was built in 1926, and supposedly, according to the documentary, five murders occurred in this one home prior to the residency of the Amons family. Although, mm -hmm. according to a report I ordered from diedinhouse.com, <laughs> Nobody has ever officially died at 3860 Carolina Street. I don't know where the hell he got that number. Well, I just feel like hmm. at the time, it's let's say these, these maybe these murders were off the record. Off the record, <laughs> unofficial deaths. Uh, was it one incident or five different incidents? It could have been just one incident. All it takes is a grenade to kill a family. Sure. <laughs> he just said five, like five murders, you know, and then that it, it sort of moved on from there pretty quickly. It's a big move on, but okay. Mm -hmm. But as far as the supernatural history of the house goes, the problems of the Amons family began in December of 2011, when swarms of large black flies infested the screened-in porch of their home. Mm. Supposedly, no matter how many flies the family killed, more would come to replace them. And this is despite the cold winter weather that should have kept away even the first swarm away, even much less replacement swarms. Well, we only got flies in our house because the family decided to let me be totally in control of a rabbit that was inside of a <laughs> wire cage in my yeah. bedroom. And I it, it was terrible what I did. Yeah, you killed that it's, rabbit. I didn't kill it specifically. It just died of neglect. <laughs> and then also the, just, the shit itself created a demon-like atmosphere. Yeah, I had <laughs> I, uh, Rusty the rabbit. I had a rabbit as well that died. From pure and utter neglect, uh, they we shouldn't have them. No, but no, it was no. a life lesson. Never though. give a child a fucking. Never give a child a it little was, pet without someone looking after it. It was actually yeah. quite a sad scene in the Benjamin Kissel story. I was about eleven, and it went to the to the cage to feed it. You know, for the first time in a while, and uh, it had died. <laughs> and then I brought it into the tub, and I said, "It's okay, Rusty. Jesus You're gonna Christ. make it, Rusty." <laughs> but indeed, it had frozen to death at that time. This is the scariest <laughs> episode so far that we've yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. I also I once killed a turtle. Um, not through neglect. Uh, I cared too much. I thought it wanted cheese, and I fed it too much cheese, and it ate a lot of cheese. And the turtle didn't know that it shouldn't eat cheese, and no, just knew no that clue. it liked cheese. And yep. and then the turtle died from yep. uh, too, much too much cheese. It's like what it's I do with the, the, the bit about how if you feed a penguin linguine, it fucking <laughs> traps up its guts and fucking kills it. Anyway, back to the flies. <laughs> now, flies were a big part of the story of the most infamous haunted house in American history, the Amityville Horror. Yes. And one of the more memorable scenes 
in the movie adaptation involved the priest being swarmed with black flies. Get out! Get out! <laughs> Not the flies! Not the flies! Oh. That, that's the bees. It's all he tried to. He did, it's a remix. <laughs> remix. It's a remix. But from the demonologist's perspective, the appearance of these insects are also a sign of Beelzebub, Ooh. the so-called Lord of the Flies. You know what, though? I've made an official decision, Ben Kissel decision. If the devil did have any control over insects, it would be mosquitoes. Of course. The mm-hmm. Behringers of Doom. Mm-hmm. Harbingers. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> What's a Behringer? I have uh, no fucking clue. Tom, uh, Tom Behringer. Yeah, Tom Behringer. Behringer yeah. of Doom. Yeah, Behringer see? is a brand of microphone. Hmm. Oh, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and these swarms of flies, they have long been a part of reported demon infestations even before the Amityville Horror. Now, after the flies made their first appearance, the Amons family began experiencing classic poltergeist activity, the sort of slow burn that we see over and over again when people encounter supposed demonic or intelligent hauntings. Mm. It's because the demons are taking hold. No! Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all learning how to lie together as a family. Oh, that could <laughs> be interesting. And to that point, it's important to delineate between the sorts of hauntings people experience when it comes to poltergeists. See, a poltergeist, as we've said many times before, that's what's known as an intelligent haunting. Mm. While there may not be a specific goal in mind when it comes to the entity behind the disturbance. Entity. Like, Remember, <laughs> please. Entity. entity. That guy, okay. that demonologist, the way he said entity, it made me question whether the word entity existed. Or if entity. it was something. Demon can come anywhere. Demon can be cornflakes. You're having Whoa. innocent breakfast. You think, oh, angel must be watching over me. Beautiful Absolutely. day. Wonderful time. Have a smoothie. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, smoothie is demon. Smoothie <laughs> is demon. Interesting. Yeah, yeah the entity, they, they might have a specific goal in mind. You know, like solve my murder or tell my wife I love her, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, Stop telling me what to do. I'm up to here with your fucking micromanaging. You better listen to that entity. Uh, Well, there is certainly an intent to that, and it could be, to put it mildly, bothersome. Mm -hmm. Other hauntings, such as ghostly women walking down staircases night after night at the stroke of three, those are residual hauntings, and they are, from our scant understanding, repeating visual or auditory imprints left on the physical world. This is what we think. Or is all of this an example of, as we see, especially with the Zach Bagan screw going to this environment, do the actual ghost hunters themselves, with their projections of what they want to see in a home, accidentally create a series of tulpas? Absolutely, completely, and utterly possible. When you're old, you die. And oftentimes mm. we say 3 a.m. is the witching hour. Is it because that's when elderly people get up to go to the bathroom? And that's how when many I get of them up. died doing that? Much like R.I.P. Mr. Bob Sagan. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It's a theory. It's, I like it. So you're saying that hauntings come from the prostate. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this is about. I'm this saying is a prostate it's issue. Oh, that would be horrible if you if you. That's purgatory. Just having to pee. Oh, it's gonna. Oh. It's our reality oh. in fucking thirty years. Dang it! But even in the world of intelligent hauntings, there are many different perspectives as far as what they might be. Some think that the entity or entities behind intelligent hauntings are the disturbed spirits of those who have departed from the living world but do not know that they're dead, i.e. the scenario in the movie Poltergeist. Remove the gravestones, but they didn't remove the bodies! Which is really so stupid. It's cool, though. 
Yeah. I know, but you didn't move the fucking bodies. They get, what are they going to do with all these bodies? Oh, Lord. It happens all the time. I mean, Europe, that's all of Europe. All of Europe is just moving the headstones, but not moving the bodies. Most, like, if you go on a ghost tour in Europe, they're like, yep, that road's just a bunch of bodies paved over, and that road's just a bunch of bodies paved over. Yeah, mm-hmm. we built our we built our state house on a bunch of dead bodies. You see, we had the good <laughs> sense in America to kill the millions of people that were living here and then throw them into the trash. There you go. That's That's great, Henry. But when it comes to the Amons case, most everyone involved believed that the disturbance was decidedly demonic in nature. In this situation, the haunting is caused by a Judeo-Christian demon, usually one of the demons mentioned in the Lesser Key of Solomon. And they always have a very specific name, a series of duties, because to them, which I also love, is that when you was watching this one documentary, it's called Mysteries of Angels and Demons. And I like how they talk about it because it's the science behind angels and demons. Yeah, what's that mm. science all it, about? It is all about making it up as you go. Great. Because what they say is <laughs> one of my favorite is a pastor who was just like, as people say, like, you know, witchcraft, it, it has rituals, right? It has rituals and, and it's disgusting. It's infernal. It's as infernal opposed to the Catholic Church. We say, no, we, what we call this, and this is real. He says, what we have is called spiritual exercises oh. that we do that are, yes, at a certain amount, but you have to go through a step. You have a grimoire, which we covered when we did Annalise McKell this year. You mm-hmm. basically have a spell book that you read out specific names of demons to try to harness them. Yeah. And because that's the only way that to them, that's how you make it legit. Sounds like you got rituals. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Very much so. Oftentimes, though, from the studies we've done concerning supposed demon hauntings, it's rarely claimed that one demon is responsible. Yeah, man. Nah, dude. It's got to hmm. be a bunch. Demons have a, a lot of friends. A legion of demons Whoa. is usually involved, and they're all working in concert to make the lives of one family miserable for reasons unknown. It's because they're drug people. That's what they say. <laughs> it's they're yeah. drug people, and a lot of times it's because, oh, it's because they told them they need psychological medication, and they don't because mm-hmm. they say that what it is 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 that your sadness just makes you vulnerable to demons. Oh, intriguing oh. indeed. It does seem like a really fun thing to do to gang stalk a family as a demon with other demon buddies. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome as a group. I played a demon. I remember. It was a yes. blast. You yeah. just yeah. go and you just, you and all your cronies get to just hassle with just one low-income family. I mean, uh, many times you were just a, a urinal. Yes, that was the bit <laughs> on the show. Yeah, how many times did you act as a urinal on that show? Probably five times. So. <laughs> And then you just get used to it. You just don't really care anymore. It just comes a part of your life, and you just you just keep rolling on. And those were the best days of my life. Yeah, I always remember my youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't you say that they wouldn't they would allow you to be pissed on, but they wouldn't allow it to be yellow? It couldn't be yellow. Yes, <laughs> you could be liquid. You could be clear, uh. but you could piss in my eyes. You can piss in my mouth. I drank all that piss. Like he literally pissed directly into my mouth, and I gargled. And then I got. Then they, we had to cut the whole thing where they shit in my mouth uh. because they couldn't do that. But it was awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> well, in the case of the Amon's house, it was postulated that the trouble came from up to 200 demons. It's the ultimate demons. It's the entire NFL draft. That's demons. A, it is. Wow. Concerning widespread misery, though, Zach Bagans half-heartedly suggested in his documentary that perhaps all of the horrible things that have befallen Gary, Indiana over the last few decades have come from the so-called portal to hell that supposedly existed over this one house on Carolina Street. You're gonna want to get? You're gonna want to move then? <laughs> I actually think there there is a town. I believe it's in Pennsylvania that is currently still on fire. Well, correct? It's on fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah so that yeah, seems yeah. like a portal to hell to me. Yeah, I think the portal to hell might be stuff like bad capitalism and, and systemic <laughs> racism. But I don't know. Maybe I'm incorrect. Portal to hell. <laughs> 
Now, that is a massive stretch to say the least. But after hearing the Amons family story, as well as the testimonies of some of the people who shared these experiences before the fucking Bagans crew barged into the house with all that fucking Red Bull energy, I do believe that this story is compelling. Maybe not demonic, but compelling nonetheless. Hmm. Now, after the flies, Latoya and her mother, who also lived at the house on Carolina Street, they started hearing strange noises each night when the clock struck midnight. They heard creaking doors and loud footsteps emanating from the basement. At least cool. the loud footsteps were corroborated by many witnesses. That seemed to come up individually from people who came in and out of the house afterwards and before, saying, oh, we used to have this problem with phantom footsteps, which okay. is in and of itself very creepy. Yes. Well, thinking that a breeze was possibly causing the door to sway, Latoya locked it, but the creaking sound persisted. And soon, Latoya's mother began seeing the shadowy figure of a man pacing around the living room. While no man was found, the apparition allegedly left behind large, wet boot prints. Cool. Oh, my. Then came the dogs. Oh, no. I don't like that. Even though there were no dogs nearby, the family heard barking coming from inside the house. And an investigator who later examined the basement claimed to have heard a dog barking and growling beneath the floorboards. That's the kind of stuff that I found compelling about the documentary and other footage I saw is shit like that. Where yeah. like one person would say something very specific about mm-hmm. the dog barking and hearing dog barking. And then that one dude came in there and the first thing he said was like, is that a dog barking? Which mm-hmm. was interesting when that all lines up. Folks, are we talking demon dogs here? We have a demon dog. I just, is that what's th- happening here? I feel like the because dog you know. noises are being used to unsettle people because, especially at the time, if you do believe mm-hmm. that the, mm-hmm. the certain parts of the of the function of the phenomena are reflecting back on things that you find particularly scary, what would be really scary in Gary Indiana besides the, the sound of multiple cop dogs? Right, yeah, like, I, I mean it, like, so. and that type of thing reverberates back of like, what's scary to you? I don't know. Okay, all dogs do go to heaven. I've seen the movie. Some I'm not dogs sure. go to I don't know if dogs do go to hell. Some dogs go to hell. And I believe you hell. do have to be in hell to be a demon. Now, it is important to note that Latoya Amons was heavily religious and Catholic at that, meaning she was primed and ready to believe that a demon was behind all of her troubles. What we will say, however, is that many of the things that happened to the Amons family have been happening in poltergeist cases and in supposed possession cases for centuries, mm-hmm. meaning that the case does deserve serious investigation, even though serious investigation in the paranormal still seems to be just out of our grasp. It's almost there. I can feel it. Well, because you just asked the Newkirks. The Newkirks do the closest thing to I've seen to a mm-hmm. truly serious ghost investigation, and people say it's boring. Because, unfortunately, it does move slow, and a lot of times when you experience a paranormal, Mm -hmm. it's very personal. Dog Mm -hmm. Whisperer Meets Ghost Hunters, Demon Dogs Edition. Interesting. Save that in your pocket. Save it for the next time we pitch it something. Wait, the head of Shudder. We're talking the head of Shudder, and he completely blew it. He fucking blew it. He said, (laughs) I'm going to pitch you a movie, and he just, he fucked it up. I pitched more of a thriller. Uh <laughs> Not a horror movie. No, no. I, and he no. literally said that as he was looking at his phone. Pitched he the started wrong looking genre. at his phone. I watched him turn into a pitch movie. He was like, "I got a pitch for you," and he was like, "All right." And then because he was totally engaged, and as soon as he started pitching, this guy started looking at his phone. I was like, uh, "God damn it!" We, wow. He just immediately went to exact the, mode. The true horror, isn't it? How does the thriller end? 
It's actually quite a cute idea. It's about a <laughs> make-a-wish kid who wishes that the baseball player would throw the game. Yeah, and then it turns into uncut gems. And then meets that movie where what's his name uh, Johnny Knoxville pretended to be mentally handicapped to get into the, the fucking. Uh, and the then games. he becomes the make-a-wish kid. Becomes this entity. The mafia is like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? But it turns out it's a make-a-wish kid. So it's Saw meets some kind of other movie. It's the worst fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. I think it's a fantastic <laughs> idea, and I'm going to make it. I made. I just made it. I just made it. It's starring Alec Baldwin. And what's it, oh, and what's it called? What's, it, what's called? it called? It's called, ooh, may, uh, what's the opposite Fuck. of a wish? This is the problem, man. This is the problem. <laughs> like I said, it was like, no, take the stage. It was like, the spotlight's on you, man. I nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Live from your grave. Did you know that there are currently over 2.4 million podcasts in the world? Sheesh. Yikes. Including the only one that you're listening to, which is the only one that counts. All right. It takes a team of people to help bring these podcasts together. Believe me, it takes blood, sweat, tears, guns, money, sex, violence. It's so much fun. Like my team, honestly, though. Yes, I did. We did a lot of online recruiting, but I also just blew the horn of Shankarlat and then just came from every fjord that was in a five mile radius. But I'm different. Needless to say, hiring the right people for these roles, it's important. And whether you're hiring for a podcast or for your growing business, there's only one place that makes it easy. ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash LPOTL. ZipRecruiter uses its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For Serial, I got some of the best people that from our entire network the crucial members of our team I got through online recruiting. It's meant so much to us and it can mean something to you. So if you're a fan of this podcast and you want to try ZipRecruiter for free today, you need to remember our special URL, ZipRecruiter.com slash L-P-O-T-L. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-P-O-T-L. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hi, I'm Jackie Zabrowski. And I'm MJ. And I'm Holden from the Page 7 Podcast, and we're going on... Tour! tour! That's right, we're touring all up in this motherfreaking country. Well, fake cursing so whatever, Jackie. Just say the filthy F word already. Ooh, we will say the filthy F word when we come to your town. First up, we'll be in Austin and Dallas, Texas on November 17th and 18th, respectively. Or disrespectively. Good Lord. For ticket links and more details, visit lastpodcastnetwork.com. That's right, lastpodcastnetwork.com. Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser present... Release the butthole cut! Wait, that's really what we're calling the tour? Absolutely. Release the butthole cut. For more information, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love.
Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay? Because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into giraffe rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Well, concerning the patterns of poltergeist activity, after the simple stuff was out of the way, Latoya's daughter allegedly became a target of the entity haunting the house. As usual, the daughter was 12 years old. She was pubescent, and she was going through the traumatic experience of the loss of a loved one. To wit, on the night of the first sign of alleged possession, the family was mourning the loss of that loved one. And at around 2 a.m. on March 10, 2012, a friend staying at the Amon's house woke up to find Latoya's daughter unconscious and levitating above the bed. Whoa. It is very classic scenario. They are. It is a very classic scenario. The entire family was in turmoil as it was. Uh, I think that the mom might have been. It might be dealing with some psychological difficulties as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. everybody kind of like again. Is it groupthink or is it a demon? Okay. Well, according to the Amons family, they all witnessed the phenomenon when the friend screamed, and supposedly they prayed over the levitating girl until she finally woke up. And when she did, she had no idea why everyone was so worried, but her sleepover friend never returned to the house. Yeah, I wouldn't go back. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of fun. Why not? Go back. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's all about if you're stripping her or not. It's something to do. If you're anyway. stripping her, then you got to you gotta hang out for it a while. It was a sleepover It's like when they get, it's like, it's like, <laughs> if your new girlfriend gets possessed by a demon, you kind of have to hang out for a bit. It's like if they turn out getting really sick. No, mm. no. You can go. If they're, demo- if they're if they've been 
possessed by a demon, if you've been dating for a month, you can just go. Wow, interesting. If you're married. I've been on this one. I think you can just go. Uh, on a month? Uh, what's the cutoff? Three months? You Married. Honestly, <laughs> even if you're engaged, they're possessed by a demon, you can go. Wow. But you sign that devil's contract, and then you have to stay with them. If you're talking about living together, then I think you got to stay. But anytime before that, you can just head. You can well, especially just go. if you signed a lease. Yeah. Any document that's been signed, yes. you got to stay. But I, yeah, but I think even the, if you're not living together, if you're talking about living together, then yeah, you gotta you gotta stick around. You can't just say I'm out of here. Okay, he's mm-hmm. the he's the moral barometer of the show. Okay. <laughs> well, after that, Latoya's other two children, boys aged seven and nine, they also became targets for the supposed entity. In one incident, one of the boys was thrown out of a room by an invisible force, Ooh. and he complained that something was pulling at his limbs and genitals. It's the ghost of Michael Jackson. I know. Insert your no, Michael Jackson. 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 That's the one. That's the one we get. We get I just, it. It's and Gary and, and you know, it's and that was a pretty get. good. You know what? If you were going to put one anywhere, that was a pretty good place for it. <laughs> I mean, I was going <laughs> to let our audience think it, and then they can have the embarrassing shame of having a horrible joke that they want to say, and then they do say it, and then everyone says, good job. (laughs) Well, what's interesting and unusual about this story, though, is that demonic presences usually focus on one person when it comes to possession, although everyone in the house experiences something. With the Amons family, however, all three kids were fair game for temporary spiritual invasions. Hmm. Fairly often, the eyes of the two little boys would allegedly become extremely bloodshot. When that happened, the boys would describe what it felt like to be murdered, or they'd lock themselves in closets to talk to invisible entities, or they'd say they were being choked to death by something they couldn't see. This is why I have chihuahuas. This is scary, yeah. As far as the daughter went, her head was allegedly smashed against her bed's headboard hard enough to require stitches, although another version of that story is that the headboard simply fell, albeit with great force. Do you remember when the sign hit you in the head? Yeah, but that was my fault. Demons. Because <laughs> the demon, he enter your home and you think, oh, maybe I have bought That's a vintage a sign, record. I yeah. have went across town to Manchester, London. And I went and I got myself a record from a store. And I said, oh, how rare, how incredible it is for me to have. And then you show up, we open up record, put it on player. And you expect to have a good time with you and your girlfriend. Turn out a demon. It's a demon. <laughs> Fantastic. But after putting up with a fair amount of these disturbances, Latoya Amons reached out to two local clairvoyants who quickly surmised that the house was inhabited by over 200 demons. These Ooh. fucking bitches were ready to go because they're all the women. I know these, these I know these ladies from my mom's time spent working in a, in a um, 12-step store. You just 12-step store? You throw a, a folding store. chair, you'll hit like four. That's funny. That's <laughs> really funny stuff. And I'm just so glad <laughs> you derailed it. Yeah. You derailed me. <laughs> For it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, continue on. It's over now. <laughs> All right. 200 demons. Two clairvoyants. Wow. But at the insistence of those clairvoyants, who were never named, by the way, Latoya built a Christian altar in her basement to combat the demonic presence hmm. because all signs were pointing towards the basement being the source of the hauntings. And the basement was genuinely creepy. Yeah. But I also feel like this is kind of the thing we saw with the Betty Andreessen fair. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and certain things when you are maybe experiencing something that is weird, right? But you also have sort of a very specific religious outlook. Mm-hmm. As that there's something about kind of, in a way, encouraging 
to behavior of the phenomena if it's indeed real by doing shit like this, mm -hmm. where you set up a Christian altar and basically you tell the thing that it's a demon and then it starts to behave as such. This is why mm -hmm. you got to get a one-story house. Spanish style. No basement, no attic. This, you're right. This is all about a ranch style home. It really <laughs> is. We'll dress all in white with sheets wrapped around their heads. Latoya and her mother covered an end table with a white cloth and placed a statue of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph next to a Bible open to Psalm 91. Jesus, mm. Mary, Joseph? <laughs> I'm gonna, He's great today. He's, He's great today. great today. He's, He's great. He's loving the show. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. Psalm 91, it's basically a bunch of well-meaning and comforting passages about Jesus generally protecting his followers from this, that, and the other. Okay. Yeah, why do you make hair lips, though? Well, who cares? Everyone's beautiful in their own right. Why do yeah. you make all this other fucking shit? Why do you make kids with backwards fucking arms and shit? <laughs> Everyone, it's just He didn't fun. protect everybody. Only no, protect, like about, only protect you're not understanding people. at all what it means. This is about protecting after, this is about protection from the horrible things on earth, like birds. I think it mentions birds. Like Jesus <laughs> will protect you from birds. Hey, man. All you need is an umbrella. Uh -huh. Oh, yes. Now, supposedly, the altar temporarily protected the family for three days. Hmm. But after the third day, the statue was thrown across the basement by the demonic force, <gasps> and the hauntings quickly restarted just as strong as ever. No. So after the clairvoyance didn't pan out, Amons, to her credit, reached out to her family's pediatrician. After visiting the home, though, he immediately called out the situation as delusional. Yeah, he's, not he's like, you're all here. fucked up. This is, yeah. Everything's fucked up. Everybody's right. sad and, and upset. And mm -hmm. none of it's real. Okay. At this point, though, one of the boys cursed the pediatrician out using a demonic voice. Then the boy was lifted and thrown into a wall when no one else was nearby, supposedly. This did happen in front of their doctor. It happened okay. in front of their doctor, and he, but then he's still like looking at it as in, from a doctor's perspective, as he should. He was like, well, maybe they're having a seizure. Everybody's freaking out. Mm hmm. And both boys then passed out, so the pediatrician had his office contact the authorities. And the authorities surprisingly overreacted by sending multiple ambulances and eight police officers. This, of course, was when the Department of Child Services became involved. See, a neighbor had already reported Amons to the DCS because she believed that the kids were merely performing for their mother and were acting out to calm Latoya's own delusions stemming from untreated mental illness. Mm -hmm. That being said, though, it was a DCS worker who witnessed the most incredible display of paranormal activity out of this entire ordeal. And it happened not in the Amon's home, but at the hospital after the pediatrician called emergency services. This is like why we're doing the episode okay. and why people are interested in the case. It gives it some legitimacy. The caseworker, Valerie Washington brought the two boys into an examination room with the children's grandmother, away from the eyes of their mother, LaToya. The seven-year-old started growling at his nine-year-old brother, saying that he planned to kill him and that it was, quote, time to die. Uh-oh. I mean, kids fight. I then, guess. That's a little extreme. Then his eyes rolled back and he bared his teeth at DCS staff, which <sighs> prompted the other boy to headbutt his brother in the stomach. It took five members of the hospital staff to hold down the seven-year-old, but the creepiest part came when the grandmother attempted to pray. Supposedly, and this was witnessed by multiple people, hmm. when the grandmother tried grabbing the boy's hands, the child grinned, glided across the floor, and climbed up a wall 
backwards. No, get out of here. Yeah, man. Stop it all. It's I don't like, like what's happening. I think he is inhabited by Michael Jackson. I don't yeah. know about all of that. This is I finally get to be a boy again. Finally. I don't think he really enjoyed being a child. I think that's part of the trauma that he experienced as well. But wow. So this all happened in a hospital. Yeah, this happened in a hospital. Multiple people said they saw it happen. They saw a child walk backwards up a wall by himself, no yeah, one man. around him. And they watched All it. He right. glide. When I say he glided across the floor, it's like the scene in Poltergeist where they take the little girl and she glides across the kitchen. It's like that. Whoa. Yeah. He looked at the fucking nurse and went, doom, 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 doom. Fantastic. Doom, Fantastic. Doom, doom. Just still trying it again and again and really again. Just- <laughs> I uh, was hoping that maybe you can hit it. One of the angles might, one, might get it. One more time. A little shoehorn in there. Got a nice. That's that's great humor. Good. By good the stuff. way, you already had your one. And then you've done, done four now. It's been four. This is this is my life, man. Y'all you can do whatever you want. With me, I know. Man. We know. We're we're aware. I'd rather be with this kid in the hospital. It is just. Wow. The staff suitably freaked out. They went and got a doctor who asked the boy to do it again. What? Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Show yeah, me. Because now they're going like, all right, fucking do it again. Because mm-hmm. they're like, this is literally ghost hunting at its purest. Yeah. All right, do it again. That's not what I would request, but okay. However, the boy not only couldn't repeat the incident, but he had no memory that anything strange had happened at all. And I do believe if you ask a kid if he can do that, like kind of parkour like that, he'd be like, yeah, of course, mister. And just do it again because it'd be <laughs> yeah, cool but- as fuck. I just don't think he... Uh, anyway, interesting indeed. Now, whether or not caseworker Valerie Washington believed in demonic possession or not is irrelevant because the day after the wall climbing incident, an emergency appeal was filed to have the children taken away from Latoya Amons. Hmm. Partly, Latoya's children were taken away because this was not the first time she'd been accused of neglectful parenting. Years earlier, in 2009, Amons was reported because her kids weren't going to school, and it was obvious that all three kids were going through some kind of emotional distress. The house was all messed up. Mm-hmm. There's like things were really not well on the inside of the house. But again, is it a chicken and the egg scenario that these things tend to happen in tense home situations? Sure. So the kids were sent to group homes for psychiatric evaluations. Meanwhile, the chaplain at the hospital where the wall climbing incident had occurred, he decided, along with LaToya, to reach out to a priest named Father Michael Magino concerning possible options for exorcism, which I think tells you a lot about LaToya's um, state of mind. Mm-hmm. Her kids get taken away and her first thought is call a priest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, because now she's she has decided that this is real. Yes, she has. And uh, maybe, and again, I feel there is a, how do you put it, like a practical edge to the performative ritual of exorcism. Mm-hmm. That maybe if you can convince somebody that like, all right, you think this is real, let's not walk this path and try to fix you in a way that corresponds to your beliefs. Right. Sometimes it does snap people out of it. A lot of times it just makes it worse. Yeah. Now, Father Magino immediately found this to be a bizarre request because most priests never experience credible claims of demon possession. Although, as we've said, exorcisms have been on a rapid rise over the last few decades. But you know what's exciting? Yeah. Because oh, most course. of the time it's just like boring ass funerals. Oh, you sure. gotta do your fucking mass. The idea of someone showing up being like, I need an exorcism, that's a fucking huge day for a priest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They are they are the only ones that can handle this assignment. 
So while Father Maginot didn't agree to an exorcism right away, he did agree to meet with the family. And two days after Latoya's children were taken away, she met with Father Maginot at her allegedly haunted house. Hmm. Now Maginot figured that there was probably some sort of natural affliction going on here, which isn't the worst assumption considering how many people have come away from that place with serious physical ailments that point more towards extreme toxicity in the environment instead of demonic infestation. It's so funny that you said the word serious physical ailments, and I swear to God, Kissel's stomach just made a noise. It sounds like <laughs> there is a man inside of him. It sounds like there's a haunted Demon. butler. Like, literally, there is a, a physical tiny man <laughs> that is trapped in his guts. Not the flies. I just heard not the flies. Uh, it was Tim Allen's in there. Oh, interesting. Home improvement. Well, for a good example of those serious physical ailments and people who have visited the place, uh, the parapsychologist from the Zach Baggins documentary, mm-hmm. the guy who came in with like the neat little, to- like the fun little toys, uh, he came away from the visit with serious organ failure. Dude, is there a gas leak in the house? We're That's what I'm saying. We're going to get to it. And this dude is like, he's in the, like, it's near the end of the documentary. He's in the hospital. His organs are shutting mm-hmm. down. Yeah, and they he said si- that each one shut down. Normally they say when organs shut down, they do one at a time. But there seemed to be some kind of strike. There was a collective <laughs> strike. strike. Of they, okay. Yeah, they unionized. Yeah. Um, did, out of all the EVPs and all the electronic equipment he brought, did anyone bring a carbon monoxide tester? <laughs> <laughs> that's, man, that's what we'll get into. But this guy is sitting there. His organs are shutting down. And he's got a smile on his face. He is super jazzed because he's like, <laughs> a demon attacked me. A de- it's true. <laughs> it was me. It's like, it's like meeting Chandler Bing. Oh, <laughs> and wow. you just say like, say what you say on the show. Say the thing where you go like, Monica. Isn't that <laughs> it's nice? It's just so nice to be there and just know a demon touched me. Well, friends yeah. was just great because even yeah. if you were lonely, you always had friends. Mm. They would never have spoken to you. No, I know. They're mm. uh, it really doesn't hold up. Honestly, Kissel's stuff. His whole body is make. He sounds like a haunted mansion. <laughs> He's just hungry. The man's I just, hungry. It's not. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think I heard a chain noise come out of him. <laughs> I had I, he did, folks, he did I had too much chili. I actually had too much chili this week. And yeah. I, but I haven't forgotten anything. So I think Alex Jones was lying about that too. He we did could take say a break. Our, he no. did say in our text chain, my butt's been crazy lately. Like <laughs> been, ever since we got back Europe. from the UK, my butt's been crazy. crazy. <laughs> we need to get a belly mic. I don't want a belly mic. <laughs> But concerning Maginot's read on the situation, he decided after a four-hour conversation that the family was indeed being tormented by malevolent spirits. But for him, the clincher was nothing more complicated than a flickering light. Hmm. See, he claimed that when he was conducting the interview with Latoya and her mother, a flickering light in the bathroom emitted a continuous noise. Hey, how you doing? Hey, hey. (laughs) Oh. How you doing? I love that Italian light bulb. Hey, what are you guys doing? (laughs) But when Maginot acknowledged the light and told it to cut it out, the flickering uh, stopped. Sorry about that. <laughs> the old Dave Coulier. Now, when the Mag- now when Father, I was about to say with the Maginot line, that's not right. Now when fa- <laughs> Actually, I might have to use the restroom. Okay. I, yeah, we're keeping this in. No, we're not. No, we're not keeping <laughs> that in. ad break goes here. Live from your grave. A roast as dark as the night. 
perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of spring Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a Remax agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today okay so we're back from the break as the as the haunted stomach that, that righted itself i think we're allowed now because i do i did mm. hear like a thank you and then a flush uh-huh so you sent him man back to, you sent him back to the sewer god forbid i eat chili god knows <laughs> it's a little too much for my fragile system <laughs> Now, when Father Maginot contacted his local bishop to request permission for an exorcism, the request was denied. Because from what I can tell about Catholic exorcisms, they almost never get approved on the first try. No, you got to really want it. It's like a foyer. Mm -hmm. Instead, the bishop pretty much blew off the request and half-heartedly told Maginot to just Google it. Google, Google a minor it. right. Google, Google a minor right. See if you can find some that doesn't need church approval and see if maybe that works. I went to the internet and I type in Google, right? But then I look at Google and it's not spelled like it should be. And then all of a sudden I realize it's not Google at all. It's a demon. It I've been typing into demon a this demon. whole time and a demon told me how to encourage it instead of how to get rid of it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, this is a lazy... Pr- Google it. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Google it. And so after Googling it, Maginot held a crucifix up to Latoya's head and said a minor rite of exorcism. This only caused convulsions. But mm. Maginot considered this a victory. Because, he said, along with the flickering light, the convulsions meant that the spirits were afraid of him. See? Fantastic. But they didn't leave. Okay. But they no. were now satisfactorily afraid of him. Father Michael, scary dude. And so, before he left, he blessed each room of the house with holy water while reading passages from the Bible. Although this was not enough to keep Amons and her mother from fleeing the house to stay with relatives in Indianapolis. Gary's the only place that makes Indianapolis look like a refuge. Absolutely. (laughs) Meanwhile, the kids were being psychologically evaluated at their respective group homes. The youngest, it was said, acted possessed when he was challenged, redirected, or faced with questions he didn't want to answer. Otherwise, he was totally normal, just so long as he wasn't talking about demons or hauntings, which led the psychologist to believe 
that there was nothing psychologically abnormal about the child. Yeah, obviously the kid hmm. was on some level, you know, nowadays, like and you'd look at it and be like, well, he's overreacting he, to this whole topic. This whole topic is doing something. I'm not saying demonic, but it's psychological. Like he's, yeah. he's learned to behave this way. Could be demonic. <laughs> Likewise, the person who interviewed the other two kids came upon the same conclusion, adding that the daughter was probably being influenced by her mother's paranormal superstitions and extreme religious beliefs. Remember, kids always want to please. That's what they want more than anything. Of course, and if you, but also if you do believe, it kind of holds that, you know, with demons, demonologists say that, you know, demons attach themselves to specific people and places. So maybe if you move away from the portal of hell, it doesn't work anymore. You don't get, you, you lose the demon Wi-Fi signal mm. and now you're like out there, but you got to act like it. Right. But then who wants to move away from the portal to hell? I mean, tell me about it. Come on now. But while the psychiatric officials assigned to the case were mostly blaming the mother for these strange events, the DCS worker who allegedly saw the Amon's child walk backwards up the wall returned to the house with three police officers to check on the house's livability. Now, included in that cohort was a Gary police captain named Charles Austin, who was very much a believer in the paranormal. Hmm. Honestly, I'm going to say this is not a quality that I personally want in a high-ranking law enforcement official. Because Charles Austin came to staunchly believe in the demonic and specifically the satanic angle of this case. Yeah, it's one of those mm. where I, but the, again, it's also the thing that quote unquote gives this legitimacy ah. because it's the an authority I think it figure more comes in, legitimizes the cop. Yes, I yes, <laughs> which legitimizes the haunting. the haunting. <laughs> Well, it's just any kind of like when cops start talking about satanic cults and satanic yeah, then worship, you're like, it's obvious they're a very dangerous human being. However, concerning supposed satanic rituals, I can see how someone who's already primed to believe in this sort of thing might be persuaded by the house on Carolina Street, particularly considering what they found in the basement. Uh-oh. See, the basement of the home was totally paved over except for one small area under the stairs. Hmm. That was nothing more than loose dirt. That's Whoa. where Marcus would be. Ooh, yeah. that's where he would it's love Mark to sleep. Lisey's room. Yeah, yeah, that's his bed. What happened? What's down there? <laughs> <laughs> well, Father Maginot, who'd also come along, he began insisting... There could be a body buried under there. There could be a body. And That's all what the I'm cops thinking. were like, yeah. <laughs> so we got a detective, yay! we got a priest, and they walk into a haunted house, finish the joke. Yep. Yeah. And they all have sex with each other. Oh. All the children watch. Interesting. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and he kept sitting back there and he kept saying, hey, you should dig up that thing. You should dig, dig up that thing. thing. Said, dig it up. There's Why a not? over there. You should dig it up. There's probably a body in there, man. Dig it up. Dig that dig shit up. Dig it up. And finally, the officers complied. So, yeah, Fine. what else are we going to do? Dig it up. No body was oh. found, but they did find some mysterious and appropriately creepy items. They found a single woman's press-on nail, a pair of women's underwear, nice, two, mm. chil- two children's socks with the ankles cut off, weird, a-, a candle, a comb, and a heavy metal bar. Okay. All right. 
Now, of course, Father Maginot immediately jumped to the conclusion that one of the previous tenants of the house had been a necromancer who was performing rituals to communicate with and raise the dead. Absolutely. I mean, that's the only logical conclusion. <laughs> a necromancer is like, how do you say, he hosts a party, right? And he go, he has he has many different orders. They're orders that you get, and it's like, got the little spinach pie. You see spinach pie? And the demon, he come, he, he turned out, you thought you bought order of a demon. He is a demon and a necromancer. He served demon. He is a demon. Yeah. And Captain Austin immediately agreed, adding that the house was a straight-up portal to hell. Yep, that's it. Done. Case solved. Absolutely. But on the other hand, when pictures were taken and audio recordings were made during that search, ghostly silhouettes and weird cloudy marks populated the pictures. Mm. And the recording captured a voice softly whispering, Hey, hey, been hey. trying. To meet you. <laughs> oh, interesting. I'll meet you, demon. Uh, yeah. Oh, must be the devil. Devil. No. That's great, right? Very good. Good <laughs> work. Pixies. Oh, yeah. the pixies. Love them. Now, Captain Austin was fully convinced because he had said his police radio emitted strange noises and stopped working in front of the Carolina Street house. Yeah, I kept on getting these calls for, like, emergencies. Like, there was these accidents <laughs> and these fights, like, strange yeah, noises. Don't like, Don't you understand? Help. I am trying to dig into a portal to There's hell. <laughs> they said homicide. I was like, what a strange noise. What's that word? And one of the seats on his police car started moving back and forth uncontrollably when it was parked nearby the house. Another another mission accomplished as a demon. I'm all powerful, all knowing. Let's uh, move his chair slowly back and forth, would you? Yes. Because I will <laughs> fuck with his driving settings. <laughs> yeah, there really... goes all your favorites on the radio. Oh. Now they're switched. No. <laughs> Similarly, the social worker who allegedly witnessed the child climbing up the wall backward, she quit her job soon no. after the discovery of the creepy objects and moved away from Indiana. All uh, right, so real real actions were being taken yeah, by I people. Mean, it could also be that this was just the last in a long string of unsettling things. I can't uh, imagine that seen how by a social worker in Gary, yeah. Indiana. How difficult yeah. the job she, um, of a social worker in Gary Her must job be. was she covered child casualties. Oh, yikes. Oh, she yeah. was not dumb. Yeah, she no, was probably. Not, it was not a happy job. Very traumatizing. Job. Go to Chicago, have a hot dog. I mean, even that's going to be bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> Chicago's got great food. Not about the food. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the social working in Chicago would also be very difficult. You got to stop being a social worker. But that's. <laughs> now, Captain Austin was fully immersed in the story at this point, so he had his officers check into the history of the house. Although I'm not entirely sure what the cops were going to do with that information once they gathered it. Nevertheless, they supposedly discovered that the house was built in 1926 by a newlywed couple, and their young son supposedly died in the house, cool. and the wife died soon after that. Got to. The widower then sold the house to a landlord who sold it to another landlord, and it had acted as a rental property ever since. It is interesting because you don't hear a lot of, uh, I guess this is also truly a modern tale because it is in a rented house that they don't own it. Yeah. 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 Now, Father Maginot believed that the original owners of the house might have created a shrine in the basement to communicate with their dead son. And believers in possession, as Henry has uh, demonstrated, they usually think that attempting any sort of occult ritual, right down to something as small as playing with a Ouija board, that can open a portal to hell. Or a tarot deck. 
Or you get some kind of, you get a seeing ball. You know, you ever ever seeing ball and then you show up and it turns out it's a baseball? And you're like, yeah. I don't see anything in baseball, but it turns out baseball's demon. Just to give a little context of Gary here, baseball is demon. I too, I do believe that it uh, was, it topped the homicide rates for Indiana. Yeah, man. And uh, they said nearly half of Gary's homicides in 2010 were unsolved. I'm just happy that this case is being worked they on. They are. Yeah. Because that's the in, most important man. thing. They're when half in. of the homicides are unsolved, is it a demon? I mean, it's so much easier <laughs> to have it be demons than systemic, deep-rooted the issues. Only thing yeah. where I'm, now I'm totally with Marcus. Maybe the cops didn't need to be on the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it also must be said that nobody before the Amons nor anyone after the Amons experienced any kind of paranormal activity in the house except for Zach Bagans. Hmm. He bought the house for $35,000 after the story broke in 2014 so he could have his biggest ghost adventure yet. But the people who lived there afterwards said no. The people who lived before there said no. Wait, he's Nothing. renting it out? No, he, he we'll get to it. That's you don't we'll want to spoil it. Yeah. However, if we stay in the paranormal realm, poltergeist hauntings are admittedly usually attached to people, not places. So just because nobody before or after, aside from Baggins and his crew, experienced nothing, that doesn't mean that nothing has ever happened there. Also, I do think it is a it is scenario meets right person. It's one of those mm. things where there is a bit of a kismet about it. Uh, again, if you fully believe, which I do sometimes traffic into that world, is that it's it's all about who shows up. That's what makes a paranormal situation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is that why you've never seen anything besides uh, the orb and that thing that you think was an orb in the Edinburgh Cemetery? Well, but I it saw wasn't. a picture. I took a picture of an orb. Yeah, I <laughs> which saw was it. A thing. But then also, yeah, mm -hmm. I saw a thing. But yes, maybe it's because, well, I do believe there's now another show. Now you've seen show. two orbs now. There's a thing I'm watching. I know I'm right here. Ooh. Yeah, it was your movies. Ooh. Yeah, nice. Um, I also been watching a show called 28 Days Haunted, which is not, it's fine. Our buddy Aaron Sager runs yes, it. It's great. Yes, of course. But it's like, you know, it's, it's again, it's deep in the demonologist medium territory. But I do think that there's something, like, when I was watching Demon House, I kind of was like, man, they should, like, move in. And act like you're living there. Like, don't mm. don't bust it open with cameras and shit yet. Like, move in and, like, put your clothes in the drawer. Make food for yourself. Like, be in the environment because I think that's where it starts to subtly encroach into your life. Okay. Maybe they didn't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> they had to shoot. They, they had, had to, to shoot. shoot. Yeah. Now, on the next visit to the home, the same group of officials sans the original caseworker came, this time with a dog in tow. Oh. Dog didn't give a shit about anything in the house, which is surprising <laughs> considering how sensitive dogs can be to this sort of thing. Sure. But it was discovered that the window blinds in the attic were dripping with oil. Dripping oil. Dripping with oil. Now, the more skeptical officers surmised that Latoya's mother had anointed the walls and blinds with oil in a ritual. So the officers wiped down the area and sealed off the room to make sure the mother couldn't break back in and cover everything up and more shit. Yeah. Okay. But when the investigators returned, they found that more oil was dripping from the blind. Are we talking like Newman's own? Are we talking Italian dressing it was here? Clear, what do you mean, oil? It was a clear, viscous oil. Viscous mm -hmm. oil. And perhaps inadvisedly, the new social worker who replaced the original, a woman named Samantha Illick, she touched the oil and was immediately affected. Oh. The blood drained from the finger that touched the oil. The finger bent as if it were broken, and she began having a panic attack. And indeed, there are pictures of her finger at the scene 
and it is far paler than the other four fingers. Noticeably right. pale so. finger. Pale finger. Indeed. Father Maginot naturally claimed that the oil was a sort of ectoplasm, a manifestation of the demonic presence. Demon come. Interesting. Yes. Personally, I think this might have been another example of how this house was, to use a clinical term, all fucked up. Yeah, all because fucked it's up. very mel- very well could be some form of mold or pollution itself, literally just building on the walls. Um, the thing could slide up from the, you know, again, is it just sitting on a toxic waste dump? I don't know. We don't know, demons. But on the other hand, the finger incident wasn't the only bad thing to happen to that woman after she visited the house. She broke three ribs within 30 days in separate incidents. Clumsy. Hmm. And the bad luck she encountered was spread around to just about everyone involved. Yeah, man. Multiple people. A lot of people. This is also one of those weird things, which is like, is it about perspective or is it real where people went? to the house, and when they left it, their lives would just get fucked up. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jesus Christ himself, he had some broken ribs as they stabbed him. They sliced his side. Yes, indeed. So perhaps there's something to that, demon. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're starting to get demonology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to get you, we mm-hmm. set you up with a YouTube channel, man. You Ooh, yeah. go. All you got to do is yell at everybody that, that yep. for a while. Yeah. And just remember that Trump is an angel. I'd say <laughs> demons. Demons. That's how it's it. Demons. <laughs> but Captain Austin said that he had multiple near death experiences. And Zach Baggins became afflicted with an eye condition that nearly blinded him and still affects him to this day. I know this to weird. be true. Okay. Yes, it yeah. is weird. Yeah. That was after Zach, uh, he. He barricaded himself in the house overnight uh, and ma- basically made it an airtight um, chamber, uh, which may also possibly point towards something real Poison. fucked up environmentally. Yeah, yeah like environmental, maybe. Yeah, because he the said he had this, might... like, this horrible pain behind his eyes and he still has to wear these glasses with prisms in them. Yeah. Um, shit like huh. that. So It's kind of ru- really ruined him. Physically, for yeah, this. Fucked yeah, up. yeah, fucked him huh. up bad. And yeah. the original caseworker who quit, she had to enter intensive therapy to deal with what she experienced. Mm. But about a month after the kids were taken away to live in another house and their symptoms seemed to clear up, Father Maginot decided that the demon or demons were fixated on Latoya Amons specifically. Hmm. She claimed to have suffered from repeated illnesses. She had headaches when she was in or near the house. And she had recurring dreams about violently raping her own mother. Not good. my goodness gracious. And so Father Maginot again requested an exorcism and was finally granted permission to perform three major exorcisms. Two in English, one in Latin. That's a big get. Wow. These three rites were spread out over a month. And Father Maginot noted that the demon name that evoked the strongest response from Latoya was Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. Beelzebub. Wow. That's one of the big boys. That's a big boy. That's a huge one. That's the one, isn't it? And the thing is that you can't, well, he's the one of the second in command, right, of hell. Who's number one? Satan. Uh, Lucifer. Yeah, well, Lucifer, depending on whether or not you think he's a different entity than Satan. Yeah, because I, I don't know because there's some there's mm-hmm. there's that theological debate that you could fall asleep. And what a fun to. debate! And is. there's also <laughs> the uh, concept that it, what if again, right? These things lie. So mm. again, resident demon here, Henry Zbrowski, Gary Bunda, is that how often you show up, and it could be some lesser demon 
just saying he's Beelzebub. Also, I mean, that's the up. other thing too, where it's like they need to lie because they always lie. They, they lie. always lie. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting. But even though Magino was faced with what demonologists believe is one of the most powerful demons in existence, he claimed to have exercised Latoya of all the malevolent entities plaguing her. Nice. Yep. He just went back there and went, Kobe, blew the fucking crucifix into her pussy. The demons ran out of her mouth and it was just, whew, man, incredible day. Great Wednesday. something. Wow. He just did that. He just did all that. He just did it, man. Mm -hmm. By November, Amons had regained custody of her three children and one of the family's caseworkers noted that the family no longer fixated solely on religion or the paranormal to explain or cope with the children's behavioral issues. Yes. That seemed to have relaxed some of it. Okay. The, the, last, the last talk of you were all demon children. That's mm-hmm. good. The family then moved to Indianapolis permanently and have not experienced any other hauntings. But after two years went by, the Indy Star heard about the haunting and published a story in 2014 that quickly gained nationwide attention. I remember we were briefly obsessed with this story. We showed it our, at our live show at the Creek. Yes. We showed the uh, the news report, the original news report. Mm-hmm. Well, because it was creepy as fuck. It was the first time, because it was, that original news report was very scary because it's the first time you saw like, it was like an anonymous cop being like, yeah, I saw demons and I know the demons are real. And that's just something <laughs> about like a voice modified mm-hmm. person is also extra scary. Half yeah. of the homicides unsolved. <laughs> Hey, man, they're in the microfiche. They're doing all sorts of shit for this, man. Nothing else to work on in Gary. Well, as we've said, Zach Baggins bought the house that same year for $35,000. And after making his documentary, he very dramatically decided to tear it down for the good of all mankind. Oh. So, unfortunately, the extent of the investigation will forever remain of the ghost bro variety. I did like he did an interview with two cops that were he was talking to and they were they remained anonymous. But one of them has been like, it's been like, I don't know if you should knock this house down, man, because if that's the portal to hell, what's the house plugging up? Uh, that is just fantastic. <laughs> Half of the homicides unsolved. <laughs> but it's like if you knocked on the house, the truth. I was like, if that was the portal to hell, that's Ghostbusters like two. That's Ghostbusters yeah. two. I'm yeah. going to say it's not. Mm, interesting. Yeah, Bit of a debunker. I, see. Mm. I, don't, I just really... The more I think the little on. man in your butt right now <laughs> yeah. is filling you with lies and yes. he'll say anything possible for you to wrap up the show so you can continue <laughs> to go and have diarrhea in your own. And you know what? I'm not going to let you do that. I'm going to go ahead and continue and say that he tore it down in 2016. Remember the mm. world kind of started going to shit right around oh, yeah. 2016. What if it was plugging yeah, shit up bad. and then it, it fucking... Bu- and now... That's why everything's been fucked for the last seven years. Six years. Six years because the port of hell is fucking open, bro. These fucking guys showed up and now we're fucked. Look at this. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. Well, it was that David Bowie died. After David Bowie died, he was fucking plugging it up. And then this was plugging it up. They were plugging up two sides of the earth. Now it's all fucked. Yeah. Well, why did they couldn't put something over it again? What is it there now? <laughs> you know when you know we need to you know would fit perfectly in that hole? What? Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. <laughs> we put just him in there. put his tomato shaped body into the hole. Oh. He just has to sacrifice himself for the good of He would. Body. That's just what a, that's the kind of guy he is. Well, all we'll ever have now is the testimony of those who experienced the haunting. However, we actually know relatively little about the details. This should be a two or three part series. This is a fascinating story. But soon after the story broke, 
Latoya Amons sold the rights to the story and has refused to talk to anyone about it any further. And I will advise our listeners to do exactly the same. (laughs) If you get a chance, if Mm -hmm. Netflix shows up, with that fucking cargo truck full of money to buy your ghost oh, story. Oh, yeah, that Netflix money that always go, that's going around. It used uh, to be. Well. You just take that money. <laughs> I mean, t- take some of the rights. Own at least 10%. Always own yours. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is a pretty good one-off. Netflix paid $65 million for the story. Bro. And oh. they moved to Indianapolis. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> they didn't just go they to got Miami. $65 million for this? Well, that's the thing. I'm somewhat, I'm somewhat curious about this because uh, Netflix paid $65 million for the story in a bidding war. So I think somebody bought the story from the Amons yes. for probably not that much money. I, relatively I could almost, assure, and then, I almost assure you that that is what happened. I said yes. someone, a producer showed up, bought them for whatever he could get, and then he flipped it to various companies by putting it in a pitch deck and the whole time and they just he made the money or they made the money all right and the movie's in post-production it's called The Deliverance and it's directed by uh, the guy who did Precious oh it's got Omar Epps in it remember him oh love him I love Omar do you remember when he followed everyone on Twitter uh huh (laughs) that was the only good day on that website well it's fun and that movie's probably going to come out next year it's in post-production yeah well there you go that'll be great but hopefully, once the movie is released, Batoya Amons, and specifically her children, might open up a little more as to what really happened in Gary, Indiana in 2014. Because while it certainly may be the case that this house simply sits atop a toxic waste area that puts the pipes of Flint, Michigan to shame, mm. it is also mm. possible that something truly paranormal made itself known at 3860 Carolina Street. Cool. <laughs> Another Halloween tale. <laughs> and it is almost as scary as the gastrointestinal problems. Benjamin Kissel. Absolutely. That's the real story today. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Well, I do. I, I Again, it's nice to be back in yeah. ghost territory. I love We're going to be doing more of these. This wasn't a ghost, go. my friend. This, it was a demon. demon. It was a demon. <laughs> um, but we are it's just so good. It's good to get spooky. Absolutely. We're back in America. Marcus is alive, as you can hear. As you mm-hmm. can hear. Kissel. Uh, barely about 90% or 70, 80% alive. 70, you're 90. 100% alive. alive. He's 100% <laughs> alive, 80% hard. I learned yes. that you're never dying. You are dead when you're dead. But oh. you're not. A nurse told me that. Is that a little man inside of you? No, you're not. <laughs> no one's ever died. You're alive and then you, you're dead. What? Wow. But no one's ever dying. It's scary. So why do we You've have that about- word? Why do we have the word dying if no one is ever dying? I don't dying? know, man. A nurse told me that, dude. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was did. just trying to make you feel. She was just trying no to one's get ever you back dying. to her you're hotel alive, room. And then was you're it that dead. same woman when we were in Indianapolis the last time? No, that old cougar. Yeah. No, no, no. God, that woman. They had a. There was a torrent affair that we witnessed firsthand because they both had wedding rings on, but they weren't with each other's wives. No, or they husbands. were That's slipping on each for other. You, yep. Which we will be inside of soon. Very soon. We got yeah. Grand Rapids in Indianapolis on the 18th and the 19th. We are also want to put it out there. If you were in the Austin or Dallas area, check out the Release the Butthole Cut tour. 
for Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser, mm-hmm. 1117 in Austin and Elmos, and that I believe is at the Dallas Theater in Dallas mm-hmm. on November 18th. Check it out. I think it's going to be a fun day. Wiz Brew, Page 7, going on tour, trying to make a little bit of money for us. Yeah, you could they, they them on the stroll, That would be man. awesome. Yeah. Um, release the Butthole Cup, but now I see James Corden, and I'm thinking, really, do we need to see it? I don't want to see his, no. I don't want to see it. No. Is it? Mean, mean man. Okay, everyone. Yeah, he is thank a you. butthole. He ain't got no butthole. He is a butthole. Yeah. That's what I said. He is a butthole. Demons. That's what I Demons. said. But you guys, uh, <laughs> hope you have a happy Halloween. Because you know what's the best part is that when Halloween's on a Monday, it means Halloween is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Absolutely. So check it out. Go out there. Show your boobies if you're a man or a woman. Show sure. everybody that you're the pumpkin nobody's going to fuck with this mm, fucking year. Absolutely. Have right. some candy. If you want it. Okay, everyone. Really good. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Again. Magustalations, everybody. Hail me, man. All right, because Gary Bunda, he's just a cute, lovable demon. It's like, again, new episodes you're pretty face to go into hell. Cartoon version are on YouTube right now. Fantastic. Go check that out, all right? Because that's the only demon you need to trust. But guess what? Most of the time, we're bumbling halflings, right? Demons. We're demons. <laughs> we're fun. We're funny. Mm-hmm. Sure. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.